Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about roleplayers. I'm Jess Vetters. And I'm Henry. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and what it all means for people who share our favorite hobby. We may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experience that we're eager to share with you. Our topic today is something that I like to call non-character characters, but before we get into it, Henry, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself so you're not just some random voice piping in? Sure, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Um, I'm Henry. <laughs> I play music mostly. That is my favorite hobby. But D&D is a, is a very close... It's, it's a solid. It's a very close second. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got into D&D actually fairly late, like for for like how obsessed with it I became very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a large part of that was that I realized like, you know, I'd been doing it my entire life. Just not with people. all of the rules and yeah. everything. Yeah. No dice, just like running around and like being like, and then I slash at the York. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad way to get into it. It's, it was very fun. We, we didn't do it in high school because me and my friends were like, we're in high school. We can't do this anymore. See, that's always so sad to me. It's very sad. I remember when I was like, I want to say six or seven years old, playing pretend Mario at my babysitter's house with yeah. all of the other kids who went there, and we would be like, I'm going to be the Goomba, so jump on top of me. And just that progression throughout the rest of my life of playing pretend, and then sitting down one day because my friend said, hey, we can put rules on playing pretend and tell wild and crazy stories. Oh, and that's the whole thing is like, I always thought of, I always thought of like role-playing games is like, okay, that's a step that I can't go to. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> I hear that oh, wait. so often. <laughs> I've been doing it my entire life. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is I do think that connects to what you want to talk about today. A little bit, yeah. Is that when you were a little kid and you like played those games, you didn't just play the character that you made up. You were everything. You were everything. If, if somebody needed you to be something, you were it. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, the same same babysitter a little bit later, we would play this lawyer game. None of us really knew what a lawyer was at the time, but yeah. they, they were important people who wore fancy clothes and worked on computers. Mm-hmm. And one of us would be the computer. I was just like, yeah, you're, you're typing on me and I'm the computer and I'm going to tell you what happens now. Would you would you go at it from like a from like a very like high sci-fi kind of like no. way, or would you go at it like the courage of the cowardly dog computer that like spits things back at you? <laughs> sort of in between, where it's like it's it's neither of those exactly. Like you're just straight up playing a normal ass computer, yeah, <laughs> which was in retrospect super weird. Yeah, super weird, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. And we see that a lot when we get into role-playing games, because now, instead of, like, I'm going to be a computer, or I'm going to be a Goomba, it's, I'm going to do the voice of your enchanted talking sword. Oh, yes. Yes, the enchanted talking sword. Which forever, I think, I think maybe the most common non-character It's it's a a trope at this point. Yeah. Like, it shows up all the time, with good reason. With very good reason. It's, it, yeah. It, it's with very good reason because it's it's a uh, it's just funny to have like a sword that can say things. Yes, it's, it's, at its bare at its barest, like like 
ability. It is a sword that says things. <laughs> the comedy potential is pretty high. Also, depending on how you take it, like the horror potential is pretty high. True. True, which is which is kind of very, very true for the case for my talking sword. Absolutely. So Henry is in my Monday night game that I talk about fairly regularly. Uh, and in one of the two settings we play in, you play a character called Bliss. Yes. Bliss, who already has enough problems. Tell, tell us a little bit about Bliss. Uh, Bliss is a changeling. Uh, a changeling fighter, which does... <laughs> With zero strength and zero dexterity. My favorite kind of fighter. I mean, sorry, not dexterity. Zero strength and zero constitution. The best kind of fighter. Oh, yeah. Um, the hit them and they break fighter. Um, but, but, uh, but Bliss, uh, Bliss, Bliss is very much uh, my take on, on the loner character mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Not really like a loner, just as genuinely like, it's better better this way this is a good thing not exactly like trench coat and cigarette style but very very close yes like if constantine got thrown into that world constantine and bliss would have a lot to talk about it's almost like the reverse of of constantine's life it's like a little bit it's like for a very long time it was just like i'm alone and nothing is gonna change that and then, like, Constantine's life in the beginning, he had, like, actual friends that had his same interests and everything like that. Right. And then it slowly just got messed up. And as things get more messed up in Bliss's life, he actually gets friends. <laughs> <laughs> He's acquiring a weird little cadre of, I'm gonna say maniacs. Yeah. Yes. Maniacs is the right term for it. And one of those maniacs is his sword. Yes. Very much so. I think maybe I think maybe the most maniac to him is the sword. So this is a this is a weapon that came about in a very odd way because there are a lot of different ways to do the like enchanted talking sword. Yeah. But this one could you explain it? Because well, I I get the story mixed up a little. It's funny because I do actually think that I do actually think that in the end this is how most people would bring about a talking magical sword. Sure. Um, which is that like at some point a great hero gets sealed away inside like a weapon, you know? But there uh, is a and it occurs to me now, this might not be super common or super forefront knowledge to you, but I was talking with our DM about this last night. Oh. Uh, because the the weird twist here is that I voice Gareth the Blade while we're playing. Like, yes, Jess is an amazing voice of the sword. I very much enjoy playing <laughs> Gareth the Blade. It, uh... It works very, very well. It wrecks my voice every time we do it, but it's <laughs> worth it. Well, and it's like, you didn't even let Ryan, like, try and do a voice for no. it. No. You just started doing it. I jumped on that faster than I possibly could have realized the consequences for it. And you know why? Is because you did the character before the character was a sword. This is true. So we, we encountered, what, like the ghost of Gareth or something along those lines? Yes, we, we, we were in an adventure in which people were pulling 
souls out of bodies in general. Yeah. And his soul, his body had been dead for a very, very, very long time. So it was basically like memories of this dude. Yes. Come to find out a little bit later, they were not actually his memories, but they were collected memories about him. Yes. To form a personality. Yeah. He's kind of like, he's kind of like a King Arthur book or like a really weird King Arthur book that like got like programmed into a computer and then the computer was like i am this book <laughs> so like a like a holodeck episode from an episode of star trek yes uh, but i ended up kind of like co-opting this character while we were dealing with him and then he gets transferred into this like basically really good sword that Bliss is just carrying around. An outrageously and good sword. I decide, all right, I'm going to keep voicing him all of the time. Well, and, and it was very funny because it was also very funny. I don't know if you remember this exactly as well, is that uh, the, the Gareth, his soul was put into Bliss's body. Oh, God, I did forget and that. And Bliss's soul had been pulled out of his body and put into a random cult member's body. That was a wild arc. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm yeah. I'm just now remembering how weird things got because that was also one of the first things. No, that was one of the last things that Doc was around for. Yes, which you have talked about Doc on here. Yes, before. I've talked about Doc and I've talked about Staniel and the transition between those two characters. Um, but that was one of the last things that Doc ended up doing. It was the last thing because at the end of that we learned information. And that, we learned yep. information that Doc was like, I can't stick around anymore. I should really look over my notes a little more often than I do. <laughs> I always talk about how I take really good notes, but then you I do. never look at them again. Well, you take you take such amazing notes to to a point that like it helps me. Like you posted. <laughs> now we're completely off topic. It's <laughs> all right. You posted onto our onto our group page recently. Um, that entire list of like yeah i've I've been keeping a timeline of every session and like pathfinder where we are and what we did basically that is ridiculous i could never do something like that like it it helps me because otherwise like i've already displayed i cannot remember for the life of me what's going on i i very much am good at remembering like overall arcs Mm -hmm. but like the exact details within it like i don't know how bliss's soul got pulled out of his body although i do know why i don't know that because i wasn't there for it oh yeah (laughs) i missed that game that's another topic that we should touch on at some point on this show is ghosting characters when the players aren't there yeah i know we've we briefly discussed the idea of it as like here's a thing you can do but the idea of like how to go about that yeah. I think would be a good episode. It's very difficult and like I I definitely am I definitely am somebody that like uh I don't know. That's the, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole that's, other discussion. That's its own episode. I was about to be like this is like 20 minutes <laughs> in and of itself. Oh yeah. Um No, but but you so you voiced that character actually because basically you i mean you do that in games all the time because you also have susan i do i like to jump in like anytime a weird npc is introduced often introduced by me as a player because i am thankfully blessed enough to have gms who will just let me do that yeah um but i like to 
lend them a personality, mostly because I like to be goofy. Yeah. And it's, it adds a little bit of levity, but also it kind of ensures that, like, this thing that I was thinking about, like, Susan the Goblin Alchemist, comes along and is actually what I wanted them to be. Yes. Precisely what you wanted them to be. I mean, I think that is a mark of like a good of a good way to run games in general is to let is to let uh, your players have a certain amount of control over certain things. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not just let them like trample all over everything. It it has to have a limit. You can't go willy nilly, but it allows the sense of collaboration. But you know, the alchemist that works in this specific in this specific, uh, you know, what would we call that? Um. In our headquarters? Headquarters. Uh, it's not really compound. a castle. No, it's not a compound sounds really bad. Compound sounds a little culty. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, I mean, kind of mm, we are. No, but no. Not, no. We're more of a company. Headquarters is, is probably. Yeah. yeah. Office. The offices. <laughs> the office. You know? The <laughs> old Freebrower office. Oh god. Um <laughs> good times. No, but but like yeah, like letting a character take over a character like the alchemist that works at the office that you see like maybe once every like 10 sessions. For real. It's it's a very rare thing. Now with Gareth it's a little bit different because you are always carrying him around. Yes. And we have and you have been given guidelines a little bit as to how to play Gareth. Yes, I, I have been told pretty much who Gareth is and what I can and can't do. Uh, but at the same time, I accidentally sort of extra enchanted your sword by, what? like, I, I made it so that Gareth has a sending spell that he can oh, use once a true. day. I do think that Ryan intended to do something like that. But I do think that you kind of like brought it up in a certain way. Yeah. Because we are talking about whether or not Gareth can just talk to me in my head. Or if it's out loud. And Which unfortunately. It's usually out loud. It's out loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we kind of added in a little thing where Gareth has a difficult time talking through the scabbard. Which is weird because Gareth the Blade doesn't have like a mouth that he speaks through. No. So the whole physics around where is the sound actually coming from is just complete bonkers nonsense. Yes. But I like to imagine it's actually like legitimately the blade just vibrating a little bit at a time to make words. Yeah. I like to imagine that it has that kind of like, you know, as it speaks, there's like glow to it. But I, there isn't. But like, I like to imagine that. But there could be. To, to basically like... Mimic the glow. They're coming for you, Jess. They are. <laughs> I'm going to podcast jail. <laughs> Recording too close to a window on a busy street. <laughs> oh, um, Lord. Well, that's getting cut. But... <laughs> I don't know. I might leave that in. Oh, well. It'll be garbage audio, but I liked my podcast jail joke. Great. <laughs> um, no, but I think I think that, like... So the difference between those two to me is that Susan is one that like, I I would definitely be very comfortable in a game like taking over something like that and being like, I'll play this, I'll play this like dumb 
dumb piece of shit. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Susan. Susan's not a dumb piece of shit. But no, like, Susan is great, but the fact that the character exists at all is because I'm a dumb piece of shit. <laughs> um, maybe. But <laughs> let's, let's, you know, let's not be too harsh on ourselves here. Uh, no, but then Gareth is definitely a little bit different. Gareth really is like something that when I've given when I've given characters talking weapons, talking armor, something that is like enchanted that's around them, um, it's it's uh, one I like to try and get the item to communicate in like a nonverbal way. Mm. Like okay. talk to them in a nonverbal way. I recently started a game with a friend of mine in which he gets given a pen very early on by a tongueless uh, it's a tongueless ogre. Oh. Nice. That's like this ogre that like has that uh, pretty much uses bodyguarding jobs to to uh, just explore uh, Droam. Actually, is actually set in Eberron. Um, nice. To explore the mountainsides of Droam, and like he has this map, and he puts a pen on it, and the pen actually can like draw out his entire route that he's taken, and then like if he in like he can talk to the pen, and it will go back like to things but he doesn't have a tongue so like how he talks to it basically is like so that like the pen can understand thoughts and more so than mm, anything like that okay but but so that but i've always kind of done things like that because i've worried about like oh man now i need to have like a consistent personality for for this like which can enchanted be, thing it can be a lot harder than it sounds yeah <laughs> especially since it's not your character that you're bringing through arcs like a, a talking weapon or item or non-character character is usually kind of set as one thing yeah and gareth is like i'm incredibly impressed with how well with how consistently you can play gareth's personality like at the drop of a hat because because it actually helps me as a player who like sometimes I fall out of like how I want to play a character a little bit because I think like well we've got to keep things moving yeah <laughs> and I do want to keep things moving but it helps me then focus back into like I can keep things moving and actually still be this character because it's very easy for me to then play bliss when you're being Gareth it, because it becomes a dialogue yes and the I think one of the tricky things about it is that Bliss, bleh, my words are failing me. Bliss recently has been doing not a lot, but several things on his own. Yes. And that kind of takes away the, um, the interplay between the characters. So you don't necessarily have that like, hey, let me talk to the monk and figure out like, all right, what's my guideline here? But by you having Gareth always there with you it is somebody to have a dialogue with yeah. even when you are on your own it, it's this interesting way to pull everything together and that's an important thing as well because when you separate parties to a certain extent mm -hmm. there is always that like you know the three people who aren't really in the game right now kind of like go off into their own land and everything and like it is it's like i definitely can do that sometimes during a game where like oh, yeah. you know if i'm separated and like it goes to the other to the other scenario going on like i'll pull out my phone and like look at things and stuff like that and, like, I, it's just a very human thing of like oh i'm not engaged right now i can just check out for a little bit but when you do have something that brings everything together the entire time it is better overall yes. it is always better overall because you do get 
everybody's more on the same page. <laughs> oh yeah. And that is a very big thing about D&D is when everybody's like everybody thinks it's like seven different things that's going on. I have had that problem and honestly Gareth has helped me as a player understand the actual story of what's going on because there were serious times where I would check out when it wasn't my thing. Yeah. And that meant I would actually miss massive plot points. So for a long time, I had a completely, like, wild misunderstanding of what the, like, mystery we were trying to unravel was. Yeah. And it's that it's only true. been because now I have to stay engaged literally twice as much. <laughs> yeah, because Gareth really is, like, another member of the party. He's becoming that. I, I play him more and more, and the only time Gareth really ever shuts up is when Staniel is also around. Yeah. Because the trick of it is, like, I don't like doing dialogue with myself. Yeah. It's why when I GM, I love to give NPCs to the players. Like, all right, you're 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 not really interacting right now. Play the shopkeeper. Just yeah. fucking go for that it. That is actually a very good thing as well, yeah. No, I mean, I mean that is a very good thing because I, I do find that you run into, especially with well-created NPCs, and I I mean, we're lucky enough that like we do have a lot of well-created NPCs and it's games true. around us. I've played some games where like NPCs are like boards of wood. Yep. And they literally are just there to serve the function yeah. and be ignored otherwise. And yeah, and it's like it's like if I want to do that, I can go play like, you know, Elder Scrolls or something like that and yeah. like, you know, go up to a person and ask them the questions that I need to and then leave. And, like, that's fine, but that's not what, like, D&D is to me, is that D&D to me is, like, almost, like, reading the personality that somebody's putting on to an NPC and, like, getting things from it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can do that with another player. It's totally fine to do that with another player. Obviously, Certainly. they have to be comfortable with it. Yeah, you never want to foist a character onto somebody that they're not okay with or they're not prepared for. Yeah. Because then, one, you're not going to get a good character out of them, but two, you've made your player uncomfortable, and that sucks. Yeah. And I think that I think that players impact things like that in different ways as well, because because uh, well wait let me finish what I was saying. Before. Yeah, please. Go I'm back. jumping topic to topic. The <laughs> the uh, the signs of my attention is uh it's just rapidly it's all rapidly, good. Uh, becoming that's, aware. That's how we um, do here on Dodecahedron. No, but 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 finishing what I was saying before is like is like we have run into the issue of an NPC is going to be crucial for us to do something with another NPC. Mm-hmm. And then we have the DM talking as two NPCs to each other. And like, we're all kind of just sitting there like, okie dokie, I'm just going to twiddle my thumbs in the corner. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I feel like I would be incredibly comfortable playing certain NPCs that we have in games that we, that we're in. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have maybe the gusto to go for it at a certain point. But I do think that, you know, it would help out more. Because the thing with Gareth is that, like, Gareth is like a... Gareth is like an actual character in a way that, like, Gareth comes up with good things to tell Bliss. That, like, it is an outside force telling Bliss something. Yeah. And you get to be like, Henry, this is a good idea. Well, it's, <laughs> it's literally my way of being like... Oh, Fuck, I just came up with a smart thing. <laughs> ah, ha, my character's not there. Also, yeah. it's way smarter than my character would usually come up with. 
Staniel's not that smart. He's clever. He's clever. But he's dumb. But he's dumb. Gareth is smart in ways that generally revolve around killing things. Yes. Yes. He's got a lot of... Yeah. got a lot of... Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's a whole other thing. That's a thing more specific to this example than... Exactly. Than uh, but, like, as long as you're willing and your GM is willing to go along with it, having one of these non-character characters that's in control of a player lets you put brain power together that you normally wouldn't be able to without breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And I think that is kind of a side benefit, but it's definitely a utility of having these interactions. Yeah. No, it's... it's... It's one of those things, I mean, I mean, uh, specifically sometimes in our Pathfinder game, because we have a lot of NPCs in that, mm-hmm. we end up having conversations between NPCs that we need to happen, particularly with Lizod. Uh, yeah. Maybe the most important NPC. That's definitely one where, like... And, like, I could... I would, I would be fine playing Lizod throughout something. I think you would kill it. I think I could definitely do that, you know? And... I do think that it would help things run smoother. And I think that the benefit of having Gareth in there for certain things is that now it leaves not the DM being able to tell a player, maybe you should do this. It's still another player. It still leaves it up to the players are like coming up with the solutions. Which is not to say that if you are GMing a game and you want to voice your non-character character because you want a way in to tell your players like, hey, maybe the solution to this 14-page puzzle that I wrote out is actually the uh, the dragon's eye stone, and you have to mm-hmm. move it from one to the other. It's like, oh, there were like 12 other pages of description. We forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they, they can function as a way for the GM to prod the players a little bit without actually like, all right, Henry, let me tell you the thing because you're yeah. too dumb to get my master plan. Yeah, which I am, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I think, I think that that is like a DM trick forever is like, you know, the character that's around or like the thing that's around that like can tell you things that yeah. like, just in case, just in case. <laughs> it's, it's the easy button. Yeah. It's like the... You died three times in your Devil May Cry playthrough. Would you like to activate easy mode? Mm. Yeah. And the players can definitely and usually should say, no, let's give it another shot on our own. Yeah. But there comes a certain point where having something around, like having your little Navi fairy yeah. to just pipe in, hey, hey listen. listen. <laughs> literally, literally, hey, listen. <laughs> It's it's very helpful. I think the hey listen thing would have been would have been like less of like oh it's so annoying if like Navi's voice did like get really like angry sometimes. <laughs> if it started off like really cute and like hey listen, listen. Hey, listen. hey listen listen hey 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 listen to me you dumbass spike in the audio <laughs> that's all good I'll fix it in post I can't really fix that in post. <laughs> I'm sorry. What does that even mean? <laughs> Fix it in post? Yeah. 
that I'll, I'll go into those moments and I'll make it quieter so it doesn't like break people's eardrums real good musician over here i'm like no it's fine Just, that's what it's supposed to do yeah. <laughs> well you're a musician you're not a recording engineer it's true i'm trying to do that but that's a whole other that's a, that's, a, that's a hell of a job it's <laughs> a hell of a job so the, um, there is uh there's one other way to handle these non-character characters because you can have another player do it and you can yeah. have the gm do it yeah but you can also have the person who's wielding it be the voice or the mind or whatever you have it of yeah. their own thing. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to, you could be voicing Gareth. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think that if it had happened in another way, I might have even done that. Um, but it happened in such, like, a perfect kind of, like, in such a perfect kind of way. But that's actually funny. Uh, one of maybe the most thought out, uh, storylines I ever had for mm-hmm. players um, that didn't get fully realized as many storylines. They very uh, rarely ever do. Don't. Um, <laughs> uh, but but it was it was a very thought out storyline that I actually had, which was about three characters that kind of like uh, all have different goals as to why they're traveling with each other, mm-hmm. uh, but are all then united uh, in like this main kind of goal. As you do, as to, to, yeah, to as get these story adventures going. generally uh, happen, and the the big tipping point in is that they they find this kind of like weird tower in like a dark forest and everything like that. As as you do, you know, weird towers in dark forests. It's a uh huh. It's a it's a thing. If you're gonna trail off, get closer to the mic. Yeah, sorry. I I tend to do that sometimes. I'll start to just trail off. You don't, you don't have to start talking all creepy and quiet now. Tell us about the dark, <laughs> creepy forest. Oh, the dark, creepy forest. Okay. Or wherever um, you were going with that. I just remember, like, last thing I remember was dark, creepy forest, and then your voice getting all quiet and <laughs> creepy. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, they would, they, they journey into a dark, creepy forest, find a tower within there, and find, they each find, like, a magical object that kind of, like, goes with their personalities to a certain extent. Okay. I always enjoy doing that. You yeah. Know? I think that, I think that when you give characters magical items, they should be something that maybe even practically is not the most useful things, but, like, but what... This is my hole. It was made for me. Yes, this is my hole. It was made for me. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and one of them got a sword that also has a soul trapped inside of it. This was a little bit different because as soon as they picked up the sword, the soul was like, it was more of a possession thing. Oh. It was more of like the soul then like was in them. And that... Okay. Yes. Right on. And this was something that I talked with the player about beforehand that I was going to use a previous character of theirs. Oh. In this. Oh. And that their character was like a folklore hero to all of the current characters. Okay. And that now this folklore hero is like in them completely. And they have they have all their memories and they have all these things, but but they're separate. Like right. still the still like the memories for each person is separate. They would still have to have a conversation. They can't just look into the other one's mind, but they share the same body. I like that a lot. That's really dope. 
it was really fun and it was honestly like it was honestly i was really excited to go about it and we didn't really get to go about it too much ah, see that's one of those ideas where i'm just like bring that back into something else because yeah. that has so much potential he was gonna kind of be like a, a cross between like uh like a forgetful Gandalf, like knows so much, but like is like his memories just like don't work well now. Huh. And like, huh. and like dritzed to a certain extent, oh. like very like edgy ranger who's just, I don't know what's going on. An edgy ranger that knows everything and has no idea why he knows anything. <laughs> that sounds like a really fun combination. It was going to be fun. It was going to be really fun. And then it didn't. <laughs> I mean, we could have another entire episode of just like, yeah, let me get all of my guests who have ever GM'd and just talk about the things that you wanted to do that didn't happen. Yeah. But that would be a five hour long episode and we would still miss things. Oh, yeah. You could just do like, you could just literally do like an AA style meeting kind of thing. (laughs) Everybody goes around and shares their, their like story. DMs anonymous. I do think that the danger of giving a character the control of also another thing that's with them mm-hmm. is the same thing, the same danger of letting, you know, a DM run two NPCs at the same time. You end up in conversations with yourself. You end up in conversations with yourself. And it it's it's one of those things that, like, uh, it's almost... there. There's actually even a fourth thing that you really can do. And I think that it more often ends up like that in a lot of situations anyway. Okay. Is that the group as a hive mind almost is the thing. Oh! Because that is a thing that happens. I have not experienced that and didn't even really think about that as a possibility. Oh, I think that's happened during our games all the time. Of like, if I, if I say like, I just imagine this NPC doing this thing and the uh, DM's like, that's what they do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it very like dialogue focused, but when it comes down to like narration of action, yes, we have absolutely done that. Yeah. Probably dozens of times at this point. Yeah. And sometimes dialogue is, is suggest is not suggested in it, but it's just like said and like, we're like, yeah, we're going with it. Yeah. We're going with it. I feel like that comes about a little more organically and doesn't tend to be one of those permanently accepted factions or Mm -hmm. factors. Yeah. Factors makes more sense there. It does come about very organically. I think that it's maybe the most common of all of things like that to at least with like, with like, uh, uh, how, how players can impact what NPCs do. Yeah. Well, and that also touches on a different kind of non-character character, which is, like, not just an item or a ghost or whatever, but, like, a town Mm -hmm. or a group or a place. Because Mm -hmm. you can't really discount the idea of, like, yeah, the town where we are has a character of its own. Yeah. And I think when you have something that is complex and bustling in that sort of way giving it over to the group makes the most sense yeah well what was the there was a game that you were literally just telling me about last night oh yeah uh dream askew yes which uh, ryan and i will be talking about soon on an episode just about like story games of that nature but in this one 
you get your playbook at, that determines like who your character is, but there are a same like there's the same number of playbooks that are not characters, but they are aspects of the world at large. Yeah. So when we played this recently, I played. Uh, I think the playbook was called the Stitcher, basically like a techno healer sort of person, and I also played the gangs, like the roving criminal element of the apocalyptic wasteland where we yeah. were. So anytime something along that nature came up, I was suddenly in control of the world. Not of the game, yeah. because it's very strictly, like, there is no GM. Yeah. But I got to dictate what happened with the stuff that wasn't the characters. Which I think that's, like, a really, really, really cool It was a fascinating thing. Like, it was a really cool game and a really cool design. Because I do think that some of, like, some of, like, uh, the most uh, visual things that I can get from games that I'll run mm-hmm. sometimes is is when the players kind of imagine what it's like. What the forest that they're traveling through is like, what it feels like, and things like yeah. that. You know, when they take that initiative to a certain extent. You plant a couple of seeds and let them grow it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, as well, I've, I've told you this, that like how I'll run games very often is very off the cuff. Oh, yeah. And I'll try and be as detailed as I need to be. And if characters want me, and if players want me to go into more detail in certain aspects, then, then I will definitely be able to. Mm-hmm. But it's so, it's off the cuff to a point where like, if a character does then talk about like, well, so I'm going to take a vine and I maybe wasn't picturing vines in like the forest, but now I'm like, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, vines. Yeah. It's actually like kind of like almost blackened and ropey and like, and like, you know, I can kind of now add things that, that like I see with it because yeah. they are giving me a certain amount of tone. You take their thing and then fold it into your aesthetic. I think it's, I think it's one of the... I mean, this is this is actually kind of what I eventually wanted to get to talking about this. Oh, good. We've got like two minutes left. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's it's like uh... <laughs> I put you I'm on the gonna, spot. Yeah, yeah, I know you put me on the spot it. there, and now like I'm like, oh, great. No, um, I think that the real the real benefit of allowing your players to uh, interact with each other as you know, the random shopkeep or the talking sword or or set the tone of like how a town is or something like that or like what they kind of envision this place to be is that a large part of D&D is, and role-playing games in general, is like letting go of having complete control because now, yeah. there's, now there's five other people who are like also have a certain amount of control. And it helps you come up with more creative things if you let them also kind of like bounce something off of you. Absolutely. For a DM4 player, regardless, you know? I think generally speaking, we spark best when we are met with some friction. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing... Well, okay, I don't want to say nothing because some players are malicious or some are idiots. So, like, there are definitely bad things that can happen. Yeah. But as long as everybody's playing in good faith and you trust your players to not be jackasses about it. Yeah. Opening up that control and saying, hey, do you guys want to, like, somebody voice this mayor of this town 
while I think of other things to have you do. Yeah. Not only does it take a little bit of a load off of your plate, but it it's so good to build new ideas based yeah. on what other people say because it tells you what they're interested in. Yeah. And and it and I mean going back to the first example of it mm -hmm. that we talked about, it's like Gareth really has Gareth how Gareth came about in our story has helped then my entire my entire like character's arc kind of move forward. Because now there's a voice that I hear that everyone else can also hear. And that's weird to my character. Because <laughs> my character's used to hearing voices, just not ones that he knows that other people can't hear. <laughs> well, I am um, I'm so happy to facilitate that for you. And it's and it's drawn things incredibly further out, and I don't know if, you know, if the DM had run it, if it would have ended up that same way. Or if I had run it, if it would have ended up that same way. I can tell you with 100% certainty, the way that I play Gareth is not the way that Ryan would have played Gareth. Yeah. Uh, but I have a whole bunch of fun with it, so yeah. I'm happy. It's very fun. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> and, uh... Now's the part where we do all of that fun wrap-up stuff where I say, if you have enjoyed what you hear and you want to get in contact with us, you can hit us up on Twitter, which is at PodcastDodeca. Now, pretty much everything else that we use is that backwards. So, uh, Henry, if our email was a Gmail account, and somebody wanted to, you know, send in a story that they had from gaming or a question that they wanted to ask us. Where where might they send that? Ace Dodd. I have no idea what you even just said. <laughs> uh, oh, Ace, Ace, Ace Dodd. Dodd at gmail.com. Dodeca backwards. Oh, you... Ace Dodd. You clever little... A-C-E-D-O-D at gmail.com. No, it's dodecapodcast oh, at gmail.com. Okay, <laughs> don't, don't confuse the listeners. <laughs> yeah, so dodecapodcast at gmail.com, dodecapodcast on Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr, and at podcastdodeca on Twitter. You can hit us up, tell us what you want us to know, ask us questions that you want us to talk about, harass me for not having better guests on don't yeah. do that. My guests are wonderful and I'll fight you. No, no, no. Do that. <laughs> I mean, unless you can help me book the guests, don't do that. And don't email acedot at gmail.com. Yeah, you we don't, don't know who don't that is. You don't want to know who that is. I kind of do now. Anyway, from all of us here at Dodecahedron, <laughs> thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you on our next adventure. <laughs>